So, Adam, what are you going to be doing this Saturday? Well, Clark, without football, probably going to Nature Walk. Hmm. Might go meet with a book club on Saturday. Are you in a book club? Nah. Welcome, everybody, to Rose 60, a Georgia football podcast. My name is Clark Gaines. Joining me, as always, Adam Thornton. And this Sorry. is show number 10. Adam, we've hit double digits. Double digits, Clark. And you know what's close to double digits, too? What's that? Already Georgia football wins. We're getting there. We're That's rolling, right. baby. Yes. Seven yes, in a row the season after a big win uh, versus Kentucky at mm-hmm. home. It was a good day. Um, it was a good day. Adam, tell us about the game day experience. Well, Clark, that fall Christmas we've been talking about, that crispness is getting in the air. Mm. I mean, it's, feel, it's football weather now. When it's October, that means it is time to wrap it up. We've said it, and, and that's what George is doing. I mean, it was beautiful, beautiful day. The sun was just glistening. Not a cloud Ooh. in the sky. Good. Hey, good, good. I, 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 look, good look, vocabulary. Yeah, I can describe. I can describe <laughs> the environment like that. I mean, it was it was just beautiful weather. Beautiful weather. A lot of camaraderie and fellowship going on all across the classic city and tailgates. I mean, just a good, just a good feel. Everybody was just excited, just happy, yeah, just happy, yeah. just happy, and just you could just trail the adrenaline level is just ramping up more and more each week. There you go. There you go. Sorry. As I'm sure many of y'all know, it is a bye week, yep. and uh, so this episode will be a little bit different. What we're going to do is we will talk about the Kentucky game, obviously, offense, defense, and special mm-hmm. teams, uh, and then towards the end, instead of previewing Florida, we are going to talk a lot about college football, the landscape. That's my favorite the word. The chaos. The chaos, yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot more to come. Pick them, and then... Uh, yeah, and then we have another big announcement yeah. uh, towards the end of the show, so stick around. We are glad that you are listening to us, and uh, yeah, welcome to the Rose 60 family for our, any of our newcomers. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys listening and, and sticking around. And hey, You know, we start yeah. a podcast, and Georgia makes a historic run. That's right. That's so, you know, thank y'all for coming on, and uh, just the, the ride's going to be fun from here on out. Yeah. Five more games, Clark. Time to just finish business, baby. That's then it. Head into Atlanta. Full steam ahead, baby. Yes, sir. We're getting a little rejuvenation this week, though. Mm. Everybody, fans, we're resting our vocal cords, getting get some rest. Players, you know, we've been dinged up a little bit. We yeah. went up to that bye week, but now everybody can just R-E-L-A-X, Aaron Rodgers, relax, baby. I did spell that right. <laughs> yeah. I know I did. I, was, I thought, I I like, thought hard on that. I did. <laughs> yeah, so relax, baby, because it's the bye week. The mm. bye week. Much deserved. Much yeah. deserved, sir. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll talk about what the bye week means for us. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, you you know you're halfway through the season when you get to this bye week Absolutely. every year and big game coming up. So yep. um, let's talk a little bit more about the game day atmosphere. I was not there, had a uh, wedding to film. My cousin Haley got married. Uh, beautiful day. Uh, congrats to yes, congrats. all the wedding people out there Absolutely. that got married. We're going to give a clap to every, all yes. the new brides yes. out there yesterday. Uh, you, Haley and everybody else that might have got married. Right. right. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Good, good moment in life for everybody. Uh, for sure. Um, I had to get a, uh, since I could not attend the game, I had to get some AirPods. Now, Adam, I don't have a, th- I don't have any sort of use for AirPods. Right. I'm not um, a big fan of it either. I yeah. like the classic, just cord. Just let them know. Agreed. Everybody know what you're listening to. Exactly. So, um, but I, I went with the one AirPod, you know, throughout the day and uh, got to hear got to hear the broadcast. Awesome, so, Clark. And keep up with the game just a little Great. bit. So, loved it, loved um, it, loved it. 
But yeah, Adam, let me let's hey give us that weekly concession stands report. How was the popcorn? How was the hot dog? Did you get anything I else? I didn't get new? any popcorn. Just, okay. uh, the hot dog was good as always. It was good. It was good. Uh, concessions, I think, still struggling a little bit. San okay. Stadium, as far as keeping the inventory in stock, I don't know if that's necessarily San Stadium's problem or just the world we live in today right. being short supplied. But uh, but you know, it, it was good. It was good. Good Coca Cola Classic. Still enjoy that uh, Zaxby's ice that you get. Just a good soft crunch. Good texture from the ice there you know absolutely and, uh coke everything was good so um good good day for the concessions i'll give it to them a good day good day i mean a lot of demand and um i, I think they answered you know uh, as far as i concerned <laughs> from what we wanted and we went out we got some water at halftime everything was good yeah adam a friend sent me this according to josh brooks which for those who don't know that is our athletic yes. director at the university of georgia according to josh brooks the previous record of hot dogs sold in Sanford Stadium was around 7,000, all right? Interesting. So listen to this. For the Arkansas game, which was a couple games back, 13,000 hot dogs Oh, sold. wow. So 6,000 yes. over the record. And Adam, I, I got to say something. Are we making a move? Something. We may be starting something here yeah, on race Absolutely. You know, you, you associate getting a getting a hot dog at the ballpark, baseball, right? I mean, they send the song, take me out the ball game, you know, with some Cracker Jacks, all that stuff. Nah, it's a football thing. Everybody get a hot dog, grill a hot dog before the game if you're at your house or wherever, bullet, whatever you want to do with it. Just eat you a hot dog. That's going to be mm. our Rose 60 tradition for everybody. Pre-game for the dogs. Eat a dog for the dogs. Eat a dog for eat the dogs. Eat a dog, dog for I the like dogs it. is what we're going with from now on. Oh, man. Yes, All right. Sir. Let me ask you this, too, Adam. Since you were there, since you were yeah. live, boots on the ground, um, how was the crowd noise? Was it louder than Arkansas? Just about it the same? It was about the same. Okay. It was about the same. Um, I mean, it, it was a really, really good just atmosphere. And I was on edge. Whole time. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. My nerves were shot. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. They were just shot. I mean, every game, you know, you get that feel. This is the year. This is it. So you, you just get more and more nervous mm -hmm. each game. And my nerves were just shot the whole entire time. But the, the crowd answered um it was loud for uh for kentucky and i know they did a lot of stuff they did a really good job preparing for the the crowd environment yeah. and did not have any false starts because of the the silent snap counts that they had and the hand motion gestures and um everything the the, the communication between the quarterback and the ol and everybody they did a really good job establishing that and but but still it was it was hard that i had to go out of their way to do that because of uh the, the atmosphere in San Francisco. right crowd noise yeah and and it really did I, you know, I watched a replay of it. It really didn't seem to phase them. Um, right. And I, I think Kentucky, I'll, I'll say this, I think outside of maybe Clemson's defensive performance, I think Kentucky may have played us uh, the the best out of any oh. other team. And we're, we're going to talk about it here in just a yes. second. Um, but, in, in Adam, one thing, too, uh, that I wanted to mention was you're saying that you're anxious through this whole game. And it, yes. it's because, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, had Kentucky beat us, people, they would have probably run the. They're, they're yeah. probably still going to run the table, yeah. be second in the East, and uh, you know, had we lost this, they would have owned the tiebreaker. They would have been in Atlanta on December. You know, I tell point. you, yeah, absolutely. They are definitely on track right now. Um, it's not far-fetched at all for them to go 11-1. Best season in Kentucky football history, if that's the case. If that mm -hmm. comes to fruition. And they're staring a New Year's Six Bowl right down the face and going to be trying to make a playoff argument at that if they are 11-1. Mm -hmm. So, um, really well-coached team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very nerve-wracking game. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Um, one thing that... Her, uh, not Kirk Herb Street. Lee Corso mentioned on College Game Day, I found this very interesting. Uh, this was the first time in team history that Georgia was ranked unanimously wow. 
number one. By everybody. By everybody. Awesome. awesome. So the, you got the AP poll. For those who don't uh, know what that is, a lot of people in the press, the yep. Associated Press, Associated they get press. together, they submit their vote each week. Mm -hmm. And all, I guess, 60 of them, I don't know, yeah. somewhere well, around that, all of them voted Georgia number and one. And they come from all different regions of the country, Clark. And traditionally, there's always been a lot of region bias, you know, in the South and the West, Pac-12, you know, when USC was good back in the day and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and up North, Notre Dame, so forth. So for everybody in the country to sit there and watch this Georgia football team week in and week out and see that this is – the best team in the country. Yeah. I mean, that says something. It says something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another thing I found interesting, first ever matchup of 6-0 wow. SEC East teams. That's you know, crazy. That, that's crazy to think about, Clark. And the East, and so that goes back to 92 from when the SEC split the two divisions. And you think about the great Florida and Tennessee teams from um, the uh, the 1990s, they always met early in the year, so right. they never both of them never had a chance to be undefeated. You no, know, to get six games in mm -hmm. before they met, and so that is crazy to think. It's crazy to think that Georgia and Florida has never met in Jacksonville six and zero, both of them. So yeah. I mean that 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 stat blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. I had Britain to be Kentucky one of the teams too. Right? Would yeah. you ever thought? <laughs> it's crazy. I had to stop it on the uh, TV and then rewind it because yeah. I, I, this was unbelievable. Oh, it is. Uh, another thing, I just like these little facts. Yeah, give us another tidbit. Them. Yeah, give us another tidbit. Oh, fun fact. I yes. love a fun fact. Bring it. Mark Stoops has yet oh, to Marcus. beat Georgia at Kentucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, he's 0-9 now? Would that be right? Eight. Well, if it, or 8. 8. Because he's, he's starting 13. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Pretty sure. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 9, 9, 9. Okay, yeah, yeah, some basic math. So, yeah, good <laughs> little, you had to use the fingers to count that up. But, yeah, 0 and 9, wow, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. I know he's beat everybody else in the East but Georgia, but awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Just keep it on. Yeah. Keep it on. Don't let up. I want to say congratulations, Mark Stoops. Moral win. Moral win. Moral, covered the spread. Yeah, covered the spread. Historic drive there at the end. <laughs> 12 From the one-inch line, baby. Call the timeout. Set up the wide receiver screen. Punch it in. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the message was that, you know, you tell the players to play the whistle. You're going to coach to the whistle, too, or what it was. But I thought, man, if, you, if they're really, you know, trying to not give up to the very end, why was it more – it should have been more up-tempo that yeah. last drive. A lot of sense of urgency. You know, you get a little urgency going. Let's get to the line. Let's yeah. go set. Take it our time running down the play clock every play. And just kind of, I mean, you know, Kirby and they're, they're just sitting back. Like, yeah, keep everything in front of you. Let mm -hmm. them melt the clock down they want to. That's fine. But, yeah, I mean, that last play, that's the last drive was like 75 yards, 22 plays. Yeah. I mean, I just kept I, everything in front. And it's, right. It took the majority oh, yeah. of the fourth quarter. I mean, I think 12-ish yeah. minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Real. So, but. Um, and one thing I want to say about our team, uh, looking at this Kentucky game and right. this victory and just the season as a whole, uh, this Georgia football team, to me, to me, has proven that it just does not look past yes, any sir. game. There hasn't been a game where we just have not gotten off the bus. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, to be honest with you, that's not very typical um, yeah. to, to see that in a, in a Georgia football team. There's typically up to this point, 
you're, you're seven games in, there's at least one game yeah. we can point and say, hey, we did not play a good, complete football game. Um, we didn't look like we came off the bus, but we can't say that this That's year. That's right, Clark. I mean, I tell you, and two, this spot where this game was in the on the calendar is traditionally and historically in the Mark Rick area and in the Kirby Smart area, you have to call it like it is, is a game leading up to the bye mid-October where we have been known to have a slip-up. LSU mm-hmm. in 18, Carolina in 19. Um, Ole Miss was around this time, early October, I think, in 16. But, uh, you know, you think about that, though, that's traditionally where a time where it's like we're trying to limp to. Yeah. The off week, you got Florida looming a couple weeks away, and some team comes up, slips up, and bites us and gets us. And, you know, and that, that's kind of the game you refer to, Clark. They're not getting off the bus. Kind of happens this time. But, nah, completely dominant performance. Right. And, um, he- shoot, heading heading into bye week undefeated. Can't beat it. Number yeah. one in the nation. Let's go. <laughs> Give a it, clap for that. Yes. Does not get Love better it. than that. Love it. So let's talk about our offense, Adam. Um, you know, yes, I, I, let's start with the offensive line play. Yeah. Uh, to me, we mm-hmm. played tremendous. I thought it was, Clark. I really do. I feel like, especially pass protection. Mm. Pass protection was great. I think Stetson Bennett really had a lot of time. There was a couple times where they did some disguise blitzes where it didn't look like they were coming and then came and uh, I think a third down sack or so. But for the most part, Stetson was had time to do what he wanted to do into the pocket and, and throw the football. And as far as running, I think especially once we wore down the defensive line, we were able to move the football on the ground. Mm-hmm. One thing Kentucky did, and you got to give Brad White and – um. Uh, Mark Stoops credit on the defensive side of the football for Kentucky is they were not going to let us run the ball inside and expose them yeah. where they were weak in the inside because of some injuries in their interior defensive line. They sent a bunch of linebacker fires in the A gap all day. Right. And I mean, right before our guards and center could know it, they, there was linebackers in the A gap right there. So, and that's tough to defend and uh, yeah. run the football against up the middle when you have that just constantly going Absolutely. fire through there. And I think later on they had a little, little angle route, cross the route across the middle that James Cook scored the first touchdown on mm-hmm. boy is a good play dialed up by Munkin because of how much pressure from their middle linebackers coming up the gaps they did send to commit to not letting Georgia run the ball up the middle but finally you know they warmed down started started um, picking up some yards yeah, up yeah. on the ground so overall great great performance I think it was a very balanced uh, just as far uh, as far as play calling goes right. I think it was a very balanced game we oh, ran the ball we threw the ball mm-hmm. and Really, we could do either or whenever we wanted. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's good to see. Uh, it's also good to see Jamari Sawyer back from that yes, injury uh, playing. He got some snaps yeah. out there, so uh, that's that's promising. And hopefully, you know what what he endured was not too bad. So. Right. Right. Uh, Brock Bowers, man, just coming in oh, doing that. I mean, God. just absolute stud. I mean, a mm-hmm. freak freshman tied in, and yeah. and uh, you got to have find ways to utilize guys like that. You know, so him being able to do that is just amazing. Yeah, just amazing. I tell you, Adam, if he's not the SEC freshman of the year, I don't know yes. who is. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. He's a stud. Yeah, absolute he, stud. He uh, leads the SEC freshman receivers, so yeah. all receivers in touchdown receptions with six. Oh man. And I think the next two guys are actually Lad McConkey and yeah. AD Mitchell. Yeah. With two. Unreal. So Unreal. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, uh, preseason, a lot of people said, you know, we're we're going to have a lot of uh troubles right. trying to throw the ball uh because all of our receivers are gone. But you know, this is the next man up. We got Brock well, Bowers, AD Mitchell, young freshman. Yes. 
playing. Yes, and and give uh, Cortez Hankton and Todd Hartley, mm. the wide receiver and yeah. tight end coach, a lot of credit for that. Getting these guys in and developing and and just recruiting. That's what recruiting does for you, Clark, because there's a, that's a that's a group that's been decimated since the offseason with injuries, the veteran guys going down, and these freshman guys having to come in and step in. So these coaches getting them ready to do it, and also the recruiting the talent that allows you to be able to do that. It's huge, yeah. and that's why Georgia's undefeated, ranked number one in the country right now, is that uh, that ability to develop and get these guys in like that next man up mentality and being able not to drop off a level when yeah. when you can plug these guys in for depth. I mean, right? Shoot, that's what championship teams are made of. Oh boy. yeah, boom. Oh yeah, love it. Also good to see Darnell Washington back and mm. running uh, and 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 contributing to the passing attack. Yes. I think he he had several, maybe two uh, catches yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hurdled a man, just exciting football player. Uh, really, all three of our tight ends. I just love the the diversity in that room. Um, and I think I yes. may have mentioned this last podcast, but you got a uh, Brock Bowers, very you know, kind of undersized as a tight end at Georgia at least, yeah. and a six four guy. He he runs like a receiver, blocks like a tight end. That's awesome. He's a hybrid, I think. Then mm-hmm. you got Darnell Washington, you know, six seven, I think. Just uh, yeah. big, tall guy, catch the ball. He big can block. Yeah. Um, but yeah, huge target. And then uh, John Fitzpatrick, same yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. g- great blocker. So when you got three tight ends, you can rotate. And then right. and a lot. Of, we saw a couple of different plays where Monken actually had a three tight end set. We ran the ball out of that, got all three of those tight ends involved in the blocking scheme. So I like yeah. it. I oh, just, oh, it's I huge, it. uh, huge, man. And a lot of NFL teams like to do that. When you have mm-hmm. that three tight end bunch set like that, where, like you said, Clark, you can obviously a bunch of different route uh, tree patterns that you can, you can run out of that with those tight ends. All three of them, the guys who can catch the football and make athletic plays. But then, like you said, they get outside on the perimeter or come in and have a crap block or great blocking uh, guys, too. So yeah. I know there was one where Kendall Milton could have scored on the goal line right there. If uh, Bowers, he just missed his guy right there, mm-hmm. just showed his human a little bit. Yeah. You'll have that from time to time and uh but that was in that three tight end set and you right. saw that a lot yesterday mm-hmm. and uh all of them were very excited I, the nation is is understanding that oscar delp is a guy who just committed tight end recruit that we got this past yes, week uh highly ranked tight end so uh kudos to todd hart hadn't called him out really yet this year on the podcast so great job he's doing in that yeah. great pickup so, by kirby getting him and bringing yes, him in. he's a heck of a recruiter. absolutely he's a guy who sits right beside monken in the booth so i'm sure uh some eyes up there and uh just just a talented guy yeah. So, I mean, well, and after watching yesterday's performance, um, it's hard to say yeah. we, we're not throwing it to our tight ends because oh, yeah. we are. Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah. And uh, we're getting them involved in a lot That's of different right. ways. So um, what I really like, Clark, too, is I feel like I opened it up even more in the second half. And Kirby, I believe, even had told Munkin. You know, because that's something everybody thinks that Kirby handcuffs his offense coordinators. That's been a myth, you know, or, or so that's been speculated out there since Kirby's arrival in Athens. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think that Monken's a little bit maybe conservative with great game plans, too, and stuff. But, I mean, you think about it, because I get frustrated a little bit, too, Clark, when I think, I think we're running the ball too much on first down. Why are we running up, you know? But – then again, you think about what opens up your your, mm-hmm. your your you know your packages that you have for plays. If you get three or four yards, if it's if you get second and seven, second and six, that opens up to a variety of play Absolutely. calls and adds your percentage of success to get a first down right. that much more. And the best way to get those yards is 
pound the football. I mean, when you have exactly. a line and the bats that we have um, mm-hmm. to set yourself up in those situations to get them. So, yeah. um, but great play calling against a solid defense mm-hmm. who is uh, who's coached very well and um, just plays good discipline football. Yeah, Kentucky. absolutely. One thing I've also uh, noticed this year about this offense is we don't really and knock on wood here we don't we haven't really gotten yeah. ourselves in bad. Uh, uh, positions. What I'm saying is like third, third and longs. We, right. We're always kind of third and manageable. And, you know, I don't know how great our conversion rate is, but, um, you know, that that's, that's something good to see. We're not shooting ourselves in the foot with penalties and, and yeah. just, just stupid mistakes. I haven't really seen a bunch of fumbles, uh, no. you know, snaps over the head, that kind yeah. of thing. Once again, knock on wood, that stuff right. could come to fruition, but yeah, I just think we're too disciplined to play uh, that kind of ball. Um, yeah, I think we are. I think I think uh, you know it's ramping up, and I, I'm excited, Clark. I really truly think. And uh, as the second half of the season, I know that we're over the halfway point. We're seven and zero right now, but I like to think the bye week on is kind of that second half of the mm-hmm. season. I feel like. What we've done, Clark, because the injuries have been so tough, starting from the very first drive of the year against Clemson and even the offseason, has, you know, challenged this staff to have to plug guys in, develop them, and bring them in. We saw that. We said it with the freshman receivers and tight ends. Being able to get them in, these guys stepping up, I think, you know, it looked like, I think even coming out of Nashville with JT Daniels, that's mm-hmm. the last game he played in, everybody was like, let's just, you know, get through this rough October slate you know that we got and uh get to the bye week and then at the end of the month play play florida and um i think just trying to get that bye week and what we're going to see on offense i think it's going to be amazing how much even more we see mm-hmm. in jacksonville from getting guys healthy getting the jermaine burton's back 100 yeah. percent healthy marcus rosemead jack saints kenny mcintosh <laughs> kenny mcintosh back healthy getting a lot of weapons in the end if pickings if the rumors are true that mm. you know in late season he might be out there dressing out playing then hey you know get jt Daniel's healthy. I mean, it, it's very exciting to see. And I think um, a lot, I think the game plan has changed from what Munkin has wanted to do originally mm-hmm. to adapting to what he has now and making it work. And that just shows a sign of great elite coaching is when you can do that. Absolutely. Adam, so. the elephant in the room, and, and you kind of mentioned this name, but JT, I yeah. mean, what, what, at this point, and I know I sound crazy saying this, I think Stetson is our guy. Yeah, I, I do. And, and and it's it's going to be very interesting to see who we trot out there against Florida. Because I personally, yeah. I think JT may have been ready for this game. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. But but I definitely think he'll be ready for Florida. And who we put out there, I think right. it's going to say a lot about the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and it may be, you know, it may be a situation like Easton and, uh, and from Or, 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 uh, Fields and from yeah, you know, so. yeah. I think the big question, and that's going to be debated all across the state here in the next couple of weeks, <laughs> yeah. is it JT or Stetson? What I love about it more than anything, Clark, is I don't think either one of them are going to be a cancer in the locker room, and that Boom. is the main Boom. thing. Both of them are team guys. You could tell when when either when JT was healthy in there, Stetson was the first one to congratulate, and when Stetson's in there now, JT's the first one to come to yes. the side. They're talking with each other about playing ball, and I think both of them were blessed here at the University of Georgia that they're high character guys, and all the way around. 
And I think on the offensive side of the football, both of them are like, hey, whoever you trot out there, that's our leader, that's our guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to rally around them. And you could just tell on the sidelines, the chemistry's there. And that's what you got to have in a championship team. What I don't think we had back in the 2018 season yeah. with Justin Fields and Jake Fromm at divide the locker room. Kirby's not going to let that happen again. Mm. But first and foremost, uh, JT Daniels and Stetson aren't going to allow that to happen. Right, right. So I believe, though, Clark, I mean, I don't know. I think, though, the, the question is, with this, uh, can Stetson lead this offense to be a national championship type offense? Yeah. And I think he can. Yeah, I think he's got that grit and he's getting better each week with it. But in my personal opinion, I still think this is JT Daniels. Okay. Team. I, I, I do, yeah. which not saying anything away from Stetson. We're right. blessed to be in this scenario where mm-hmm. you have two guys that yeah. can do that. But uh, I, I don't know, Clark. But then I don't know. Has, has Stetson won the locker room over as far as who they would, you know, click better with on mm-hmm. offense, the respect? I, I don't know that, Clark. Right. I don't know. And that's only the locker room knows that. And what uh, Monken and Kirby want to do with it going forward, uh, it wouldn't surprise me either way who starts mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. But I, I do think you'll see JT Daniels on the field when he is healthy enough. Yeah. And it'll be his job starting out. And then if he takes it and run with, with it, and go, he's got butt, I think he'll be on a leash that if he's just not up, but Stats is going to come right back out. Right. Um, you know, and Stetson brings – I think they both have their um, features. You yes, know, yes, I think, absolutely. I think with JT, you you are getting a more consistent mm-hmm. pass, you know, and, and it, it does seem to flow a little bit yeah. better, the passing attack. But, you know, you get Stetson out in the pocket – or, sorry, out right. of the pocket, I think he's a better passer out of the pocket than he is in. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right, Carl. I think, uh, you know, I, I've even heard Stetson has a stronger arm than JT, mm-hmm. which made me – it was hard yep. for me to believe. But I think maybe JT could be a little bit more accurate with the football when he has time to stay in the pocket. But like you said, Clark, I think Stetson can get it outside the pocket, especially mm-hmm. with his legs. If there is a, a zone, read or R, zone read or RPO type play, that he can tuck it and pull right. and get yardage better than JT can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think both have their advantages. I think both are respected by their teammates, yes. and that's what matters that's key. for when you have a quarterback that you trot out there to win a championship. Absolutely. So I, I trust this staff and I trust this team to work through this. There not be any controversy and not be a distraction. But I do think number 18 will be the guy behind this. Is, I have no reason to base this off of, but my personal opinion and gut feeling that in Jacksonville, and it, I think this has been the plan all along, and Stetson's done a heck of a job, and I'll be fine if he's the guy, Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't care. I just want Georgia to win the national championship. <laughs> it too. doesn't matter who it is. And I think they all do. And, and yeah. you're, you're right, Clark. Everybody, so. and, and this is, you know, and this isn't a debate. This isn't something that fans should be debating about. Um, uh, they're going to put the guy out there who gives us the best chance to win. Absolutely. And that's all we could ask for as a fan. So we'll see. But my gut, my call, if you're asking that, and I'm going to ask you the same question, is I think number 18, JT Daniels, will be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville yeah, I think uh, Adam. I, I'm going to go the opposite of you. I, think right, I love it. I love and like, it. I mean, this You're is a good problem to have, people. It really I, is. And but I think uh, Stetson will get the start. Yeah. And once again, that's just an opinion. Yeah. Uh, you look at him. It's 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 hard to just yeah. I think take him out at this point. Um, right. He went 14 for 20, 250 yards, yeah. three touchdowns. And what I saw that really uh, surprised me was the touch he was putting on the ball with guys like Brock Bowers and Lad yeah. McConkey, and he's been doing that for a couple games yeah. now. The the touch and there was there was one pass specifically to Brock Bowers. I mean, it was just beautiful. oh, it was perfect. You know, time. just great timing, yeah. and that's why to me, that's why I think right now Stetson's our guy because he has that timing down. Yeah, it coach, really yeah. does seem it really does seem like he has that you, chemistry you, with those with those guys, and those are the guys who are playing. It's not. 
Um, you know, it's not Jermaine Burton. It's not um, uh, Dom Blaylock. You know, right. it's, it's these younger guys, and I don't know. Just they seem to mesh better. No, you're right, Clark. Redshirt freshman lad McConkey last year was a redshirt year. He's the guy that's running routes and stuff, and he's developing that chemistry. So you're right, man, and and I agree with that. And I I'm not saying I don't think Stetson can win a national championship because I do think this team can win it with Stetson being as quarterback. Either one of them. Mm. I just think I, I love how JT Daniels is still engaged. He's not sitting in the back of the sideline from yep. what I've seen. And I don't think he is not sitting in the back of the sideline sulking like Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. That is, that, that's disgusting. That we'll, is disgusting. We'll, we'll talk about that when we yeah. talk about the, the state of football, you know, later yeah. on. In play. But he's not. He's sitting there. He's right in the middle of the offensive game plan. He's talking to Stetson in mm. between drives yeah. and, and in it. And I, I still think he's got the respect to this yeah. team. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I don't know. I've never tore a lat or no, but I can imagine that's hard to throw. So, I mean, I don't think he's just sitting out because hey, I, I think he'll be back next year, Clark. I, and a lot of people, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there. I think a lot of people are accusing uh, JT of just, yeah, just sitting yeah. out and, and whatever, and maybe saving for the draft. No, no, no I really no, don't think no. that's the kind of I think player he is. He is in pain and Stetson gives us the best chance right now. But I think all along since the Vanderbilt game in Nashville in late September, it has been Stetson, get us through Arkansas, Get us through Auburn. Get us through Kentucky. He's done a great job. Check mark, check yes. mark, check mark. And then let's go into the um, the bye where you can reevaluate everything. Mm -hmm. You know, have the competition, whatever. Yeah. But the good thing about it, and the most important thing, last thing I'll say about it, Clark, and you can't stress it enough, is it is not a divided locker room. Right. And I think I truly feel I have no insight on that. But you could just you you as a fan, you don't have to be right in the middle of it to tell when it is. Yeah. That's when a good point. That's a great and, point. And it's not in Athens. Mm -hmm. This, this mm -hmm. These team leaders, the coaches, staff, and those guys aren't going to let it happen. No. Everybody's just bought into the right goal, man. <sighs> so that's why with confidence I could say – I don't care who's trotting out there. That's just my gut. It's JT. But yeah. we're, we're blessed to have both of them. Absolutely. Blessed to have both of them as a fan base, and everybody should realize that. Yeah. A couple more things I want to personally mention about uh, the offensive performance against yes. Kentucky. Uh, heads up play by Kendall Milton. Always play through the whistle. That was great oh, play. Great and point, that, that could have really swayed, oh, it could have swayed uh, the, the game. You know, no, Clark, that's a great point. That is, that's football 101 is just having your head on the swivel, mm -hmm. playing to the whistle, you know, everybody and their brother thought that that was an incomplete pass. Yep. I mean, the Kentucky defense, I mean, they had three or four guys around the football. They could have picked mm -hmm. it up and mm -hmm. scored. But Kendall Milton, you could just tell he kind of walked over. He didn't want to draw attention almost because he knew he couldn't beat those defenders to the yeah. football. But then right when he got to it, pounced on it. Yeah. So great football IQ by Kendall Milton. Uh, doing that kind of thing and having that kind of mindset and preparations, how you win championships. That's it, yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's it. Uh, kudos, Kendall. Good yeah. play, Kendall. Big play, big play. And then <laughs> also, you know, and, and last thing, Thing we're going to mention about the offense um kentucky yeah once again played a heck of a football game i think they did all they could to win that game oh but, absolutely but it, it just goes to show our best is going to be anybody else's right. best in the nation uh they had nine senior starters nine isn't kentucky crazy? had kentucky. nine senior starters. nine out of 11 on the defense side of the football yeah. and they played discipline yeah and I, I mean one thing too i wanted to uh kendall milton um, you know, that guy you just look at and the potential he's there, like he's about to bust it, about bust one. Yeah, he did. got outside out, out of bounds there, but ran the ball hard too. So uh, good offensive performance, man. Mm -hmm. Wore him down and overall Georgia dominated like like they should, against a very good football team. In my opinion, Clark, the best football team Georgia will play until um 
the first Saturday in December in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. That, for the remainder of the year, they are, absolutely. I think you're right. I mean, whew, man, well, I don't want to get off on a tangent. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save some yeah. of that, you know, general college football talk absolutely. later. All right, defense. Man, what another Ooh. good performance this week. And, you know, the score doesn't really reflect that. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Mark Stoops, congratulations, buddy. You got Getting a that last one. victory yeah. touchdown, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I thought, uh, first I will say, I think that Liam Cohn, a guy, Kentucky's new offense coordinator, who spent some time in Los Angeles Rams over there with Sean McVay, runs a very complex, very good offensive system. Yeah. And you got to say, Will Levis is a pretty good dang quarterback. He is, I think, yeah. Clark. And, uh, you know, a tough guy, a strong guy. You know, we saw that there a couple times where he should have lost the football on mm-hmm. some quarterback strips there. And uh, I think they had a good game plan going in, but our defense and our defense coaches was just too much for them. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think, Clark, they tried to really do that I think caught us off guard is a lot of misdirection and a lot of motion stuff. Right. Where their one guy, the number one, Wondell Robinson's their playmaker. But I think the constant motion, what it does is it makes the secondary think. It freezes the secondary a little bit, kind of confuses them. And against a fast Georgia defense who who could get to the backfield quick, it was very smart with trying to run some screen plays, run some motion, mm-hmm. and just kind of freeze that second level yeah. and that third level. And, you know, and, and a lot of horizontal stuff, a lot of horizontal plays to the uh, passing plays to the tight end, just trying to create space to go up. And, um, and, and I think that's something that uh, they did well trying to do that. I mean, it looked like every time they needed yardage, they would roll out to the, the far side of the field and then throw back to the short side of the yeah. field and, uh, and and get some plays to a tie-in or something, just some horizontal plays. Never really pushed the ball downfield. Yeah. And um, I don't know. One thing I thought that I think we were fine with, especially when we got up by a couple touchdowns, is letting them – if they're going to throw – they were going to throw the football and it's just going to be either those – horizontal passing plays or mm-hmm. three or four yard dink and dunks here and just playing it in front of them and just let them eat up the clock. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Um, um, going back to motions and everything, you know, we're not playing a whole lot of man this year. Right, yeah. And, yeah, and that's a lot of zone coverage. That, that's, right. that's something Gary Danielson mentioned. That was a good point he brought up uh, during the during the broadcast. But uh, one of the reasons being that we, that we don't have to – we don't have to play man because, um, you know – we we we've got such a consistent pass right. rush, and we can drop those linebackers in coverage. We can we can blitz them. We can one of them can be a spy. One of them can play the flats. Yeah. There's a slew of different things they can do, and that's because we got a consistent pass rush. We don't have to leave those corners out on an island. And to be honest with you, yeah. I don't know if our corners are as quick as they may right. should be to play yeah. man or as physical. I don't know, but uh, just different schemes this year. I. It's different. Yeah. It's different I, than what we've seen in the past. I agree, Clark. You're exactly right. It's something that, you know, Kirby was a guy. He likes to man up and everything, mm-hmm. press coverage, all that good stuff. There is a lot of zone. And like you said, you get pressure on the quarterback with different looks, either sending yeah. guys or just sending your base defensive line. Then, yeah. And, I mean, when you have Jordan Davis, Devontae White, Jalen Carter, of course, they're going to get the backfield quick. Right. And I think, too, um, I, I, I don't like to be this guy, Clark, mm-hmm. but you cannot tell me that against a defense line like the University of Georgia, how there could not be one single holding call oh, the whole game. Goodness. The whole game against a group like that. I, when the, as, far, as much as they were in the backfield, as much as me screen and dink and dunk passes, yeah. 
I, I think I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going. I hate when you complain. Oh, they're holding her to that guy. That's holding every mm-hmm. play guy. But there were some times I think where some drives for Kentucky were extended and key uh, key downs where I think you could have caused some holding. And maybe I hope mm-hmm. it's not that Georgia is just so quick and penetrating the opposing team's offensive line and getting into the backfield that referees think, well, they, they're already there. They right. should be. You know, yeah. you get what I'm saying, and taking away kind of the element of. Uh, of of them being held, and uh, I think there was some questionable times where there should have been a holding call, at least one. But there was none. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kentucky had a good offensive line. Give them their due on that. But you know, I think there was some times where we we, we didn't get the benefit of doubt on some sure, of those calls sure. where it should have. They should have been backed up ten yeah. more yards. There was one picture I saw on Facebook. I mean, it, the, the guy literally was hugging Jalen Carter. As yeah. he was, you know, about yeah. to, about to just yeah. destroy Will Levis. So, well, I hope that's something that Kirby kind of gets in some ears, you know, some refs, kind of <laughs> yeah. works them a little bit. Yeah. You know, nothing major. Man, we're not right. going to be those kind of people. Just all oh, the refs, 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 no, all no, that no. stuff. But that, that, I mean, it's something. When it's something like that, it does need to be pointed out. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, I think this is one of the better offensive lines can, uh, that we played this season. Yeah. Kentucky, it may be the best, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. out in Arkansas. Uh, I, I think, but, it, yeah, but yeah, so. Um, I think the one thing that worries me about the defense is uh, safety play in the third level. Mm. I think some corners are good. Keely Ringo's coming into his own more and more every week. But yeah. I think some some a little bit in the safety, uh, it's a little bit uh, secondary. You know, I mean, not good. Yeah. Not, not a complaint. But, yeah. but we have to point out where some – I think when Kentucky did get some good yards through the air on some third and long situations, I feel like the middle of the field was it attacked was. a little bit too much. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the the trade off when you do play zone. You're exactly. going to get some soft uh, zone exactly. coverage, and they're going to hit the they're going to find some holes. You yeah. know, and and that's just part of it. That's but right. It really, but I, I see what you're saying, but. I'm not very concerned about it, only because I think we are just mm-hmm. stopping the explosive plays. I mean, really, think about it. I I, I can't. Yeah. I cannot recall a time in this season where we just had one totally, you know, busted play, other than the South Carolina South Carolina touchdown. game. That would. But Josh I mean, Bain, other yeah. than that. I no, can't no, think there's of not. You, no, you're you know, right. So. You, you want to keep everything in front of you, and that's what they did. And Kentucky essentially just ran the clock out. On right. Them. So uh, I think, yeah. But the only thing I'm saying it's not a complaint, but is getting off the field. If if there's something you say the defense need to improve on from Saturday, mm. it's getting off the field on third down situations. Gotcha. Yeah. There's a lot of third and long where I think the middle of the field they exposed and kind of you know extended some drives right. that shouldn't have been extended. Yeah. But all in all, you can't complain. Yeah, and this I defense mean, is special. And, yeah. they, and I mean, they had a good game plan. I, that that first that touchdown drive when they when they made it fourteen to seven, you could tell that uh, Kentucky's coaching staff and uh. That Liam Cohn, their offense coordinator, pulled every, every trick out of the bag. Every good call. He looked uh, on that play sheet and everything yep. because it was do or die. Them, it them, was. They felt like. They they needed points. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just mis- misdirection. But that shows you right there, the 11th ranked team of the country felt like they had no idea. They could not just, just line up right. and, play, and just play the, play the yeah. type of football, you know, man on man from mm-hmm. what – uh, against this Georgia, it had defense. to be gimmicky. With that it, so. had to be stuff to, to kind of freeze the defense a little, or a little bit. So, um, yeah. but great job by our guys. Good discipline. Yeah. Um, going back to the secondary, just for a second, I love Dan Jackson. I think yeah. he plays so hard. Uh, he is a physical safety, and yeah. he comes up, and I think he does a great job in run support. You know, hats off to him. Shout out, and, and yeah. he's had to step up. 
you know, with, with all right. these injuries and everything. So, uh, shout out to Dan Jackson and a great, a heck of a special teams player, too. So, yeah. I uh, mean, he's not afraid to come in there and put a hat on. Mm-hmm. Neither is Lewis Seen. No, I no, mean, my not. goodness. Lewis Seen almost kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of Greg Blue mm-hmm. in that he will just come. It doesn't matter who yeah. you are. If you're Kyle Pitts or, or whoever, yeah. he's going to lay the wood. And I he love is. to see that he from is. a safety. He is. And I, you can tell he's a leader in that secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a guy like Chris Smith back. Hopefully, he'll be back in Jacksonville and, uh, yeah. Just keep it going. Another thing about the defense, the gang tackling. I'm seeing a lot of hats to the football. Um, it's not, right. not a whole lot of solo tackling That's right. happening. That's right. A lot of group uh, tackling. Yeah. A lot of hats I, to yeah, the ball. Yeah, there it is. Uh, N'Kobe Dean still just playing like a freak athlete. There was a time where he saved a touchdown on a third down mm-hmm. there where uh, right before the ball oh, yeah. field goal where they did one of those things where Levis uh, bootlegged to the right and there was a throwback screen to the tight end around the line of scrimmage where uh, Kobe fought off offensive linemen for two. a block. He, two he fought off two blocks. Yeah, two. Well, I don't know if it was offensive line, but two yeah, blocks. Two blocks right there and and got a quick hat in football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I mean, he was the only guy over there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a good discipline to stay at home and 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 make that play. I so. think that's the word uh, for this defense is just discipline. discipline. Oh, yeah. They all Love know it. what they're doing. They all work that's together right. as a team effort. That's right. It's not one guy, you know, doing – I see so. it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, anything else you want to mention about defense? I'm excited. Uh, much deserved rest these next couple of weeks. You know, get some guys uh, that might be uh, banged up a little bit, get them healthy, and get a good game plan together. And uh, continue, just continue to stop the run. Chris Rodriguez, SEC's leading rusher. What was it, seven yards on seven, seven carry? Or maybe he averaged, he averaged, he averaged yard one carry. yard per carry. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And, I mean, good things happen on the defense side of the football when you commit to stopping the run first mm-hmm. and then letting it go from there. Right. So, absolutely, another great A-plus job effort by the defense. Absolutely. Uh, Last thing I want to say, Jalen Carter, buddy, you got lucky. (laughs) We can't be stupid. You think Uh, he heard about that? Oh, that kid, God bless him. Mm. Uh, He's running gassers all day (laughs) tomorrow. I can guarantee Monday – Oh, yeah, I'd hate. I know the emotions got to him on yeah, that last yeah. play, but he did get lucky because he did he did have a full swing mm-hmm. on the guy. Yeah, mm. we need every player eligible and That's and right. healthy That's that right. we can get from here on out. So we we got to cut that out, and thankfully that That's did right. not cost us because that would have been a big blow going into a game like Florida. It would have uh, where we need we need everybody. That's so. right. All right, special teams. Man, another good – You called it, Clark. I called it. You called it, baby. I I got a text from Alex Malcolm during the wedding. He said, you called it, man. That's right. And I said, wait, what? And and realized we had blocked the field goal. Blocked the field goal. um, Didn't just block a field goal. We blocked an extra point at the end. Uh, And hats off to – to Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis, just yeah. those big bodies just just flooding. Just freaks, Flooding. Man. Just freaks. Yeah. I love it. I love so, it. So, uh, block field goal there. That was a big play, too. I mean, it is, is oh, yeah, much it needed at that oh, time, yeah. uh, even though we were up quite a, quite a few points. Yeah. So. Uh, punt team, down one in the five. That was a beautiful yes. punt by Kamara. Yeah, Kamara doesn't get all the recognition he deserves mm-hmm. on how dangerous he is flipping field position consistently. Like, he does getting off good, clean punts yeah. and just a weapon, man, pinning guys back. And then when you got a defense like that, you try it onto the field. Man, it's demoralizing for an offense. Yeah. Love it. On the flip side of that, Kiaris, oh, he, he bobbled I, two punts. In Kiaris' defense, 
that sun, you know, this time of year and the time of day, that sun was rough. Yeah. A lot of them. And, you know, one thing, too, that first punt that he bobbled, a line drive, kind of tough to handle. I love how he didn't panic and try to scoop the ball right. up, potentially getting hit from the blind side and coughing it up again and Kentucky following the ball. He just leisurely, you know, calmly fell on the football. Yeah. Security. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So. Um, good job of recovering by him, but yeah, yeah, you don't you don't need that. That's why I hate a punt. That's why I hate. <laughs> that's why I literally have to close my eyes and bend down because it's a stupid way to give the ball back over is yep. buffing a punt. And we've seen it. There's time nothing and time again. worse than watching your team try to field a punt mm-hmm. and it just go through and it's, hit the shoulder pads, bang off of it, and you give them the ball right back. Yeah, it's sad. It, it, it tears me up. My wife is just like thinks I'm crazy because I just yeah. kneel down in the field. Well, I don't think anybody else in the stadium does that, but you. I've done that for years now Yeah, because the thought of a muff punt oh. drives me crazy. And, and the momentum swing. Oh. And when, when you recover a, a muff punt yes. like that, the momentum yes. you get from that oh. is. And it's demoralizing as a fan. You just pull out the surrender code, really. Yeah. And then you, the next thing you know, you're on ESPN. <sighs> That's why I hate you're a, a meme. Point. That's why I hate a punt. Yeah. I wouldn't even field one if I was a coach. Oh, That's terrible. I'm myself. You. I mean, you know, that's not a good winner's mentality by myself. Yeah. But I'm just, just like, get away from it. Yeah. Peter, Peter, Peter. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Jackpot. God bless him. Broke a, a streak of about 360 something consecutive <sighs> extra points made. But, yeah. You know, you'll have that. You'll have that from time to time. I mean, you know, that was a good prideful. Little, little record we had going on yeah. there leading the NCAA, but you know, I mean, you know, good thing about having a streak broke, start it right start back it up. Next week. Yeah, so just, who knows? Ten seasons, up, <laughs> just, but yeah, ten seasons from now we yeah. may be. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's not ten. Hopefully we score a lot more than that. Yeah, oh, so, man. awesome. Yeah, good, good, just a great game uh, against Kentucky and. Um, Man. That was a dominant performance. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know that uh, uh, Kentucky covered the spread, but still, they're a really good football team. I think have us a really good chance to finish 11-1, definitely 10-2. Yeah. I think at the worst, 10-2, I personally believe. And when you dominate a team, really dominate them. I mean, they and they knew they were beat, too, I feel like. And um, the game plan um, there is special. It's good. And, um, you know, it's been tough on these guys, seven games in a row, grueling, a grind. And they have a much deserved buy coming up. Yeah. So, bam! You know, Clark. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it. We said, "Hey, you know, when we left Nashville, we were like, you know, you got a good Arkansas team. Top right. ten. Are you got you got the gauntlet of Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and Florida. You get yeah. through them, and you feel really good about going into the, the 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 end of the year. And you know, looking at it now, it looks like the the least toughest opponent from that stretch is going to be Florida and Jacksonville. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're going to talk about this later on. Florida always makes me nervous. Yeah. Going to Jacksonville will always make me nervous. But, man, that's, uh, that, you know, it's exciting. Uh, but these last three weeks, some good dominant football being played on yeah. the road and in Sanford Stadium. Fans stepped up. Everybody was elite. Mm-hmm. So rest, rejuvenate, recover, that's baby. That's it. Going into Jacksonville, it don't get any better. It don't get any better, <laughs> it, Clark. It, it definitely I mean, doesn't get better you know, than 7-0. No, it don't get better than 7-0 in Jacksonville. I mean, anytime you go, I think that's the standard of the season. And as a fan, you get excited about yeah. getting to go to Jacksonville undefeated. Yep. You know, because you just feel good. It's only been a few times we've done it. 2002, we did it. 2005, we did it. In 2017, 17. we did it. You know, in 2002... Lose a stupid game down there. 05 shot gets hurt mm-hmm. before we go down there. One thing, too, Clark, I want to point out is, um, you know, we used to not have this bye week before Jacksonville. Florida did. Spurrier Always, wanted it yeah. because he wanted to beat Georgia yep. so bad. So they would have a bye 
before oh, us, and I think that led to some of that atrocious streak that we had in Jacksonville there in the 90s and early 2000s. What was that? But finally we got it coordinated that both of us have buys going into Jacksonville. Right. How it should be, how the good Lord intended <laughs> where the bye week to be. Yeah. The good Lord intended the bye week to be yeah. before the Florida game. Well, I mean, it's just a smart place to put it because, yes. you know, you put it game three, you're not as banged yeah. up as you are yeah. in, in week yeah. In week eight. So. That's right. So it's a good time for it. And, you know, man, I, I think uh, I'm excited to see how everybody looks coming out because, mm -hmm. man, I think, you know, one good thing we hadn't talked about, Kentucky, no injuries that we know of that right. were apparent yeah. from, yeah. The, from, the, from the eye of the stands. You know, and, and one thing I want to say about injuries, the, the reason we're starting to see the, these injuries pile up is because we practice harder than any right. other team in America, maybe outside yeah. of Alabama. Yep. But I'm telling you, people, the, the way that Kirby pushes these guys, and really all the coaches for that matter. Huge. Love it. It is, a, it, is a, it is a tough, strenuous environment yep. uh, to practice in. It is yep. not easy. So, yep. uh, yeah, much needed bye week this week. And, uh, yeah, the players <laughs> will probably – they'll probably practice maybe three days this week, have a movie yeah. night on Thursday. Yeah, y'all have a movie night. Everybody yeah. have a movie Everybody. night this week. <laughs> Instead of watching football this week, you know, that we're not going to have it on Saturday, you know, just watch a movie with the family. <laughs> Go to the park with the yeah. kids. Go get you an ice cream cone. Get you a pumpkin <laughs> from the pumpkin patch and just you carve know, it up, carve baby. it up, do whatever, you, and, and just get get excited to, you know, just, just make it a good family day. Yeah. Make it a good family Take day. Take this Saturday. Saturday. Take this Saturday, rejuvenate, recover. Yeah, go get a coffee. Take the dog to the park. And just just enjoy it, enjoy life, and be thankful to be a Georgia Bulldog at seven and zero, mm -hmm. and then get your mind right for the next week. Yeah, up that's the cocktail that's part. It. But this week, everybody can can re relax and focus on real world stuff. Yes, yes. This is the one and only we week give, we can we do give, that. Right, we give our listeners permission this one yeah. week to, yep. you know, maybe, you know, I know tax season coming up to kind of get out the finances in order and to go yeah. to go to some kids' games and. Like I said, get excited about festivities of the fall and, yeah. and not worry about football for right now yeah. as, as fans. Well, Adam, speaking of finances, got. we've got to start saving. Man, oh, we boy. mentioned this on the phone yeah. call uh, earlier, but, man, we got to start saving people because it, it's looking like one of those SEC championship playoff, playoff. and national championship kind of seasons. So a lot of money needs to be saved <laughs> if you're planning on traveling to those. So, mm. Oh, boy. All right. Don't get better. I want to mention this because I said I would, and uh, it, it is just, I think this is just cool. Uh, Clisby Clark had his 80th birthday on, I believe it was Thursday. Might have been. I don't know. I, I think. I, I can't remember. Um, but all that to say, Clisby Clark is the. A DGD. The D, he is a, a DGD. Um, if you don't know what that means, you're probably not a Georgia uh, yeah, Bulldog. That's, right. but, that's all it needs to be said. Yes, absolutely. But um, Clisby Clark, a man uh, that, that wrote two. Uh, beautiful songs, Let the Big Dog Eat and uh, Bulldog Bite. Yeah, boy. And two songs that just echo through Athens. A great singer-songwriter. Uh, you hear his song every single podcast that you listen yep. to is at the intro. And then if you join us in our live call-in shows, um, we've got both yep. the songs playing. Adam, when was the first time you heard one of Clisby Clark's songs? Probably when I was six or seven from a burnt CD. Oh, oh yeah, I That's still how got I, the CD. Yeah. yeah, there was a uh, yeah, there was that, and and it was a uh, pre game day tradition. I mean, it just mm -hmm. getting me fired up. You know that yeah. I, well, I had a piece of chicken, had a little we'll drink, drink, looked at all the girls, giving one, one or two, two wink, <laughs> sitting in my seat, radio to me because yeah. you know I had my headset. Yeah, you always got your headset. Radio, so you know I relate yeah. with Clisby on that one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know he he. 
if you can find you can find them all his songs like that are on YouTube. So mm-hmm. listen to them. Um, it gets you fired up. Make that part of the pregame tradition. Uh, guy, uh, songs have stood withstood the test of time, Clark, for really years now. So. And they were written. We uh, need to bring them back. Yes, absolutely. They were written. Now the uh, I believe I could be wrong about this. One was written in 1980, and the other in 81. Yeah, probably right? why. I, yeah, I know it was in 80. I don't know. I, I, it was in that yeah frame, that yeah. era, but you know, with the boys in Herschel, there's a picture. I will put it right yeah. here of. I, of, I think uh, my mom actually had a record mm-hmm. too that was on the needle oh, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah the old old vinyl, some yeah. vinyl, some Clisby Clark vinyl. I had a big the old school bulldog. Oh yeah, I yeah. had some of them classics on mm-hmm. there. But great man, I uh, wanted wanted to wish him a happy birthday and shout yeah. out to his family and his two daughters for allowing us to. Uh, use yes. this, these songs. We really we do appreciate salute it. You, Clark <laughs> yes, um, thank you so much for allowing us to use them, and uh, I'm sure that you're you're. We didn't get to meet him, yeah, uh, or at least I didn't. But no, um, but uh, I'm sure he was a great man. I heard you know there's a plenty of articles out there on him that talk yeah. about you know just a very lively spirit. So uh, awesome. thank you once again to the Clark family for allowing us to use uh, yes, his sir. songs. Yes, so. sir. All right, and with that, let's talk college football. Just big picture stuff here, Adam. Big talking points, and a lot has happened actually yes, in, in the past twenty four hours. Uh, just let's start with Coach O, Dan Orgeron. Yeah, Dan Mullen got beat by Ed Orgeron, who is not going to be employed at the end of this year. That was already established. <laughs> just, just everybody yeah, take let's that. Just put that out there. Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, um, Coach O, man, uh, big announcement. Um, Gone will not be. <laughs> Rejoining the LSU football team after this year, he's he's parting ways. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff going on, Clark. A little bit, of, you know. I think he won that national championship, got a big head. I mean, yeah. I, I hate it, you know. And I think the fame really got to him. There's, there's honestly, there's talk that his now he uh, had his marriage split up, and mm-hmm. he brought his girlfriends to class or to practice, and their children were running plays with the team. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, and I thought about this. So, can you imagine Nick Saban or Kirby Smart? I mean, they don't have time to be doing that no. stuff. Who has time to be chasing women during football <laughs> season? Oh, fans man. or fans or coaches? Well, I got a funny story. Hold on, let me interject That's right ridiculous. here. That's a funny story about bringing kids to practice. There was one time in 2016, it was the first year that that uh, Kirby uh, had arrived on the scene, yeah. and then he had his two, uh, two sons out there running out on the field during a, a big <laughs> pass play. <laughs> on the other end zone, and the, the ball was coming straight towards his kids. I think b- past the Jason Stanley yeah. or somebody like that. And the kids were in the way. And I bet Kirby Smart ran, I probably a 4 2 40 <laughs> down the field. And, and I'm just going to say he, 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 Yelled at the kids <laughs> to get off the field for their safety. Um, maybe a little bit of colorful, colorful the language there, but yeah. but uh, nice. oh, it was just nice. Sorry, that was nice a of a tangent there. I loved it. That's that's good. But that's uh, yeah, going back to Coach O, Adam, who who are some of the names that you've heard that may potentially replace uh, Coach O well, at I LSU? Mean, you have the the typical oh, Lane Kiffin, Luke Fickle. I mean, that's just generic stuff that's been thrown out. But I think for those two is uh, Dave Miranda, the guy who was defense coordinator there for Les Miles and Orgeron, was there when they won the Natty in 19, doing a good job at Baylor now in year two. And uh, Mel Tucker, one yeah. of our own. Mel Tucker, a guy who's got Michigan State flying high in the top ten, done a quick turnaround there mm-hmm. in his second year in East Lansing. So um, I think, you know, they, they're kind of thinking that's a guy off the Saban Kirby tree, kind of cut from the same mold, been around them, a guy who can recruit the Louisiana area. Yeah. And then the Southeast, been around the SEC. So actually Mel Tucker's a name to look out for, I right. think. Dark horse. Man. 
LSU going to be looking for a new coach. That's just crazy. I mean, you're two years yeah. separated from a national championship. Yeah. And you're and essentially, I, I now I'm just speculating here, but I would think this is pretty mutual yes. um, in, in that LSU wants to part ways with Ed Orgeron yeah. as much as Ed Orgeron wants to part ways mm -hmm. with LSU mm -hmm. uh, at this point right now. So, yeah. Um, who knows? There's going to be a lot of Who chatter knows? about that, and a lot of the, the coaching uh, carousel, yeah. as they call it, is going to be spinning this year, I'm sure. Oh, it is. Uh, I so, love it. One of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, man, if Mel Tucker were to sneak in there at LSU, that'd be interesting. It would be interesting. So, we'll see. I don't know. All right, let's talk Big Ten. Iowa. Can you believe Iowa? I can. You can. I mean, the the the, uh, the fake – Hawkeyes, I'm just going to say the Falkeyes. The Falkeyes. The Falkeyes, yeah. fake. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think that, they, they, you know, they're pretenders. You don't, you're not a college football playoff contender. If you get beat like a drum, a drum by Purdue. The Boilermakers. Oh, yeah, yeah, Purdue. Yeah, there you go. 24-7 to at home, man. Don't give me none of this Iowa defense, mm. Kurt Frent. Hey. Kurt Frent has been losing games like that at Iowa since 99. Dang. Well, you were right, and I was wrong. I was high on Iowa and the Hawkeyes, and and seeing them maybe potentially make that run uh, for, for a playoff. But right now, I, just the playoff picture, and we've said this yep. week after week, you, you guys are probably – Sick and tired of listening to this, but it has just changed so oh, much. Has. And the Big Ten, really, I mean, this is the conference which a lot of people are saying yeah. right now looks the best out of all of them because you've got uh, Penn State, you've got yeah. Michigan State, you've got Michigan, you've yeah. got Iowa. Well, not, yeah. not so yeah, much but I mean, And potentially right. Ohio State, five potential people or people, teams that Team, could make yeah. it. They're going uh, to cannibalize Clark, and I'll be honest, mm. they're going to eat each other up. And 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 when it's going to be said and done, I don't think there's a lot of good football teams in the Big Ten. I think it's Ohio wow. State. I think Ohio State's about to blast yeah. every one of them. Well, they look We're a lot. Be honest. Yeah, they look a lot better um, than they did against Oregon Week yeah. Two uh, with CJ Stroud. He's really picked it up. That yeah. offense is getting getting going. So yeah, that's right. Uh, that's Big right. Ten. Uh, that's okay, right. It's, it's looking. It's looking interesting. Ohio State scares me about as much as anybody really? play for Georgia. Yeah, because of the receiver. Town. I think mm. they have, I mean, Alabama's up there too, but I think Ohio State's receiver play and Stroud kind of making some strides and maturing at the quarterback position. I think if there's going to be a team that moves the football mm. on Georgia, we've said it before, nobody's going to run on Georgia with a strong running game. It's going to be playmakers um, at the receiver position. Yeah. Ohio State has that. If they start clicking, that might be a challenge, and that's why I think if we meet them, it's going to have to be that we're going to have to get in a little bit of a foot race with them, and that's why yeah. that offense just kind of – Keep, yeah. Keep well, a lot, we a, lot of, a lot of football, lot of football in there. That's it. But That's that, it. I already think about that. I already mm -hmm. think about matching up uh, our secondary with Ohio State's receivers. So. Sure. A little bit nerve wracking. I mean, we're going to be honest about it. We got to say it, Clark. Yeah. It's a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, another team. <laughs> this is unreal. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Number two. I think we're going to get another another number two just week in, week out. Well, I, I tell you, Clark, I think with Cincinnati, they're doing their job in the group of five conference yeah. play. When they're playing their American opponents, they're whooping them. <laughs> and they have a win over a Big Ten um, ranked opponent. In the, at, I think well, they were overrated. At the time. Indiana. Indiana, Indiana, Indiana yeah. Right, right now, they're a two and three. Yeah, they're the terrible. At the time. But I think you have to count out the, at the time wins. I mean, look, as our win against Clemson, they were number three to start yeah. the season. Yeah. At the time – that team, that was an impressive win. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to. I mean, going to Notre Dame in South Bend, they Cincinnati beat a top ten team, went on the road, they yeah. got that. I think this is the year you have to put them in if they go undefeated because of the Notre Dame win, mm. because they did that, or because you're sending a message 
that if that you're never going to have a non-Power 5 team make the playoff if you don't put them in. Because they did go out there and they're out of conference, they went and traveled to Indiana. They yeah. went and traveled to Notre Dame. And I know Indiana, I get that. But still, Notre Dame, who I don't think is a good football team, but they beat them in South Bend. I mean, what what, what more can you? Well, can you and when the playoff committee gets around to this question, they're going to think. All right, yeah. let's let's. They're going to talk about obviously the strength of record or strength of schedule, but they're going to look at the strength of record, right? And they're going to say, you know, this Notre Dame team isn't the same as they were maybe whenever. Yeah. Um, and same thing with us. They're going to look at Clemson win, which hopefully they won't have to look too hard to put Georgia in. But yeah. they're going to look at Clemson and say that wasn't that big of you know big of a win, impressive of a win. Yeah. So. But, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, you talk about this playoff scenario. I mean, go ahead and, and, and name the other team that's kind of started to, to come on up. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, they look like a different team now yeah. with Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. you know, coming in at freshman quarterback. A guy that Georgia could have got. We went with Brock Vandegrift, which I'm glad we did. Yeah. But, I mean, a guy that I think could have been coming to Athens but wow. has played really well. You could tell he has the respect of that team. We talked about it early in the show, Clark, how important it is for the quarterback to have the respect of the team. Spencer Rattler, I, I think from looking at him at QB1, just from the outside, he seems like a self-centered guy that yep. it didn't look like the offense hummed with him. But now it's a whole different team mm-hmm. in Norman. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder, are there guys still in that locker room that would rather have Spencer Adler. I don't know. I, don't I think mean, there is. probably I think they're not. Humming and I, you know, I think they're going to go undefeated and be in the playoff now. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, the, well, Oklahoma State could get them. And they then, could. They're and undefeated. Then I, I don't know how the Big 12 cha- uh, championship It'll just works, be the number but, two team. There's no division. So okay. It'll just be number two. Yeah, Oklahoma State is a team that's interesting. Mike Gundy is a guy who's known for his offensive explosiveness and teams yeah. like Big 12 is. But they're playing a little football. Mm-hmm. They're playing a little football over there in Stillwater. I yeah. mean, defense. <laughs> of course they're playing football. They're playing a little defense. <laughs> they're playing defense yeah. in Stillwater. It's kind of uncharacteristic. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, does that high-powered Oklahoma offense? Offense gets shut down by an improving good Oklahoma State defense in mm. Bedlam at the end of the year. I don't know. Uh, who knows? We will see. That will be a heck of a game right there uh, when we get to that but point. What's so. going to be interesting, you still have Oregon as a one-loss team. Did yeah. not look good in Berkeley the other night mm-hmm. against uh, against Cal. All right, they played. They played in Eugene. That was or, Eugene. Yeah, excuse yeah, yeah. me, my no, bad. You're good, you're good. But thanks, still and lost by one by seven. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, you think about it. If the Pac-12, you have a one-loss Oregon champion in the Pac-12. Oklahoma's undefeated. Cincinnati Group of Five undefeated. Ohio State one loss. Do you have to? I mean, do you think? Let me ask you this question. Do you think the committee will put in Ohio State with one loss Big Ten champion? And Oklahoma's going to go in undefeated mm-hmm. Big 12. Let's say that. Let's just say yeah, let's they beat say Oklahoma State. Okay. Um, let's say Georgia beats Alabama, eliminates them. That adds a whole other element to it if Alabama beats Georgia, gives them their one loss and goes. But do, let's just say Georgia kills the king, beats Alabama. So you got Georgia in, Oklahoma in. Those last two spots, you give Oregon, who might not look as good as Ohio State does now, who but beat Ohio State head-to-head in right. Columbus early in the season – and Cincinnati, do you put in Oregon and Ohio State? Does the one loss Ohio State jump an undefeated Cincinnati? Or do you leave Ohio State out, even though they might look the most impressive out of that group? Yeah. What's the committee going to do? <laughs> but I tell you what Who you knows? can't do. I tell you what you can't do right now. You cannot, you cannot leave out a one-loss Oregon team and a Pac-12 that has not been in the college football playoffs since Washington 2016. Mm. You cannot – when when Oregon goes to Ohio State, plays these high-profile non-conference games, the committee just, uh, you know, just um, wants. Yeah. And then you go and you beat them head-to-head and you put Ohio State in the playoff because they're Ohio State over Oregon. 
I don't know. Ah, maybe well, Cincinnati I, but, but, gets a short end. But you look at but Oregon's loss to Stanford. Whew. That was that was well, right. now, now, yeah. now. Granted, that was a and you know so, Oregon didn't play a good football game, uh, and it came down to the wire. So I, right. there's going to be a lot. There, look, this whole season is going to be under a huge magnifying glass when it gets down to it because they're going to have to they're going to really have to sort through these questions uh, to determine who are the four best teams. Now, has the committee always stuck to that? I don't think I don't so. Think. I really don't think they have because uh, they left Georgia out in eighteen, which you know yeah, whatever, yeah. but. The two um, loss thing. I, you but know. If, if it's truly about the four best teams in football, I think you get Georgia. I think you get Oklahoma. I think you get mm, – You're probably going to get Ohio State. No, I think I think State. they run the table and they keep putting up the offensive numbers. The committee loves Ohio State. The committee loves Ohio State and they Alabama. Do. Yeah, they really do. I, and but, but I'm just saying it would be a travesty, tragic, if they put a one-loss Big Ten champion Ohio State in in a spot over – a one-loss Oregon team, Pac-12 champion, who beat them in Columbus. Yeah, but, I mean, but Ohio State, though, I mean, truly, and I, look. I mean, it's going to be whatever way the committee I, looks at it. Right, but, but, you, but I think their strength of, of schedule is way tougher to me. No, you're right. Oregon. No, no, you know, that and, is and true. If they win, that is true yeah, because yeah. you're going to be facing a one-loss Penn State team, or, um, undefeated Michigan State, undefeated mm-hmm. Michigan. Yeah. You're right. You, you got a lot of back-end uh, – of the scheduled tough opponents, so they probably will. I don't know, but but I mean, you can't just let that loss to Oregon, that head to head, that you know that the committee's talked about. You got to go outside and play Power right. Five teams instead of scheduling these uh, FCS teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you can't not value that. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I'm not I, there. I, I tell hey, you, as what. long as George is there, I don't. Hey, care. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We can do all the speculating we want, but, but I, sh- you know, this is. I think this just shows. How badly we need a six to eighteen playoff? Hey, I don't know. Which yeah. I, I've always suggested six. I think that makes the most sense. You have uh, five and six play in, and then one and two get a bye, and then so right, it's so gonna forth. be interesting. But, I don't know. I don't know. Quick, tell me who uh, two days sitting going into the bye week. Who is your playoff teams? I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to take Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. Bam. All red teams, by the way. They're all, we're all red. So. Bam. I, that's really how I think it's going to play out. Yeah. I um, I agree with you, Carp. I think it will be. I think Cincinnati is going to sneak in. I honestly think I bring up that Oregon debate. I think they're going to get beat one more time. Mm. I think they're going to get beat one more time, and, and the college football playoff committee is just going to have a sigh of relief <laughs> for that. Yeah. I do think Ohio State is going to come in. I think Oklahoma is going to run the table. And – um. But we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Boy, that's going to be some tall tasks. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I, honestly, I, I repeat everything you just said. All right. Well, let's go to – let's talk about last Saturday's uh, games. Oh, kind of a crazy day in college football world. Not as much so as as we saw the week before. But Auburn at Arkansas, did you get to watch much of that? Yeah, I did, Clark. I did. I did. Um, you know, it kind of seems like the the the, the luster and the shine of Arkansas is kind of wear off. Yep. wore off a little bit. And but. you were right. You were right because I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, the first few weeks, you were saying, you know, this Arkansas team. I don't under. Yeah. I really understand the hype. So. I think they have definitely um, uh, exceeded expectations for yeah. the year, and, and and no doubt Sam Pittman's still doing a good job. Mm-hmm. It was a tough three game stretch Absolutely. they had there, but uh, um, just not there yet. Just don't have the Jimmys and the Joes just quite yet. <laughs> I've never heard that. Jimmy and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, the Jimmys and the Joes. I like that. 
Yeah, the Jimmys and the Joes. You think there are yeah. a lot of Jimmys and Joes on that football team? <laughs> no, no, they need more of them. They need more of them. Horses oh, ain't there in the yeah. stable yet with them. And Auburn's a good team, man. You know, and, I mean, you could make the argument that they are the best two loss team. You could, them A and M. So I mean, yeah. but hey, here's the deal: if Auburn goes out and beats A and M, beats Ole Miss, two impressive wins right there on the schedule, mm-hmm. and uh, then then you know they go, they get Alabama at home. They've beat Alabama the past two times. They played at Jordan Jordan Hare in seventeen nineteen. Then they then we face them again in the SEC championship. I don't know. I mean, the wow. way this year's going. Yeah. Who knows, man? So Dang, I didn't, Auburn yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's, that would be a crazy yeah. scenario. Uh, Oklahoma State at Texas last week. I didn't get to I can't remember who I picked, but Oklahoma State uh, defense won that game, mm. it seemed like. So. That's all I know yeah, about that I game. Had a couple interceptions. I think they had, they had a pick six, I know, and then I think an interception at the end to seal mm. it maybe. So. Gotcha. No, Gundy, don't count him out. Yeah. Don't count him out. Undefeated over there in Stillwater. Yeah. Good for them. The one that shocked me, uh, this is crazy, Florida at LSU, I oh, th- truly, truly thought Dan Mullen, I gave him a little too much credit. I tell you what, they're, they're getting the natives in games were getting a little restless. Yeah. Getting a little restless yeah. down there. Old Dan might not be. I know they won't grant them out. They've been wanting them out since last year. And it's one of these deals that you think uh, – um, they're going to fire Grantham midseason, and they got a veteran, Paul uh, Pascalini. He used to coach Syracuse mm-hmm. back in the day, and maybe you come. You know, a veteran defense guy is like an analyst on staff. I can't right. pronounce his last name, but everybody <laughs> knows who he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, does he take over as an interim, or do they fire and when they fire Grantham, or it doesn't matter what happens in Jacksonville? I think what's happening was setting up in Jacksonville, Clark could potentially be like what well, seventeen when kind of you know it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about it more next episode. But as a team. You're going to see what kind of respect Mullen has from his players. Are they going to just cash it in, or are they going to fight and rally for their coach? You know, is it going to be like what they did for McIlwain in 17 down there where it looked like they just had no interest, (laughs) and then McIlwain's not coming back, relieved of his duties after I I don't think it's to that point yet, but we may get a hint of that. Yeah, you're going to to tell a lot, though, from how they respond in the bye week and then uh, then in Jacksonville, but – some uh, definitely some rough waters for old Dan, and that couldn't happen to a better coach, yeah. a better person. <laughs> I tell you though, I, it's it's going to be sad if Dan Mullen were to were to oh, yeah. leave. I mean, I mean yeah, you, I'd rather have him there. Dang right, I want somebody who doesn't think that he has to recruit. He yeah. just thinks that he can just be a quarterback whisperer and develop the players into winning. Team, you know, take a group of three stars and win the national championship with them. Because yeah. I don't want anybody who's an elite recruiter down in Gainesville. No, I, I don't no. either. I don't either. But yeah, another loss to LSU, another inexcusable one. Mm-hmm. One and three against Orgeron. Yep. You mean Florida, another loss to Florida? Uh, another loss to um, another loss. Oh, yeah, I would say another loss to LSU by Florida. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, another loss to LSU. I'm sorry, I might not have worded that right. Another loss to LSU by Florida because okay. they lost a ridiculous one last year with the shoe. Mm-hmm. And then this year. That's right, that's right. All right, Ole Miss at Tennessee. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I've never seen a game like this. And if you if you haven't seen it, if you did not get a chance to see it, you need to go on YouTube and watch the last thirty watch minutes of this of football game. I've never in my life yeah. seen anything yeah. like it. If you don't know what we're talking about, I, um, 
Tennessee was driving, all right, for a potential go-ahead touchdown with about a minute and 30 seconds left. Yeah. They had a uh, spot that was probably a foot short. Of, they went, that was fourth and 24. Yeah, fourth and 24. They they almost got the first down yeah. and put, them, put themselves in really good scoring position. They came up a yard yep. short-ish. Um, I thought it was a good spot, actually. It was a good spot. He um, had his ball. The ball was tucked kind of towards his waist area. He extended right. out. So he's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't get the first down. And then pandemonium uh, ensues. And we're getting beer bottles, mustard bottles. We're golf getting balls. golf balls thrown on the field. Hundreds of them. I yeah. mean, like, this isn't, you know, the you know 10 of them. This is 100. Suspended play for 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, even yes. maybe even longer than that. And the teams had to come into the middle of the field for their safety and just debris, just keeps yeah. on. I mean, just just typical Neyland Stadium behavior. Yeah. I just said, <laughs> Lane Kiffin secretly was loving it. You oh, tell you. oh, he, he loved it. And that he golf that ball, up. he literally, yes. y'all, he got hit by a neon, uh, I guess it was a range ball, yeah, golf ball. Yeah. And he picked it up, and I'm sure that thing's going in, in a glass case but it's just a terrible look for Tennessee and I want to say is. this you know that's not reflective of all Tennessee football no. fans right just no. like we have our idiot obnoxious Georgia football fans out there who uh who just are morons I, I but, tell you what Clark in their next home game this is the dogs we're planning on going there the women and children might not be able to make it that one. this may not be a might take your be, women and might, children no, kind no, of no, game. we're gonna have to wear some body armor or something <laughs> over there I mean I mean it could get wild in Knox Vegas yeah uh, the, the band had to evacuate. The cheerleaders had the to evacuate. The dance team. I mean, it looked like they were just getting bombed. I mean, they had the the, the signs over their yeah. head just evacuating, going to the tunnel. It was a wild scene. Did you see Lane Kiffin exiting the field? They threw a water bottle at him. He caught it. When, yeah. He, he yeah. tossed it on the ground, and yeah. it was not water, people. It, yeah. it, 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 definitely not water. Yeah. He took his visor, though. He tossed it up in the stands. I'm you telling you, yeah, it, it was crazy. Oh, I mean, of course, obviously, uh, for a little back history, Lane Kiffin left Knoxville in the middle of the night to go to USC after just coaching there one season. <laughs> And uh, has been disliked ever since. Uh, that was in 2009. And Tennessee's first sellout that they've had since Georgia in 2017. We went up there and smoked them 41 to nothing. And they were believing in Knox. And I think just frustration just got to a little bit of a, a climax there. And then just, yeah. bam, that happened. So, uh, good win by Ole Miss. Yeah. They might go 11-1. Who knows? It's going to be interesting. Let's talk about this just for a second. Matt Corral, is he yeah. your Heisman front runner? Uh, or, and let me ask you this. Where does Jordan Davis stand in all this? Because there is a lot of attention. there. Yeah. Like Jordan Davis I, is getting a lot of hype for Heisman. I think he should He should be in there. But in today's day and world, everybody likes the flashy, yeah. the flashiness of a quarterback or a running back or wide receiver. Um, and, I mean, God, I mean, there is no just clear front runner like there's yeah. been in the past decade of college football, it seems like, with a skilled player. So I, I truly believe, Clark, it would be Corral if they had beaten Alabama, if they were kind of in that top five playoff chase. And it seems like it's got to be a guy that's kind of, you know, in the hunt. Maybe Manziel was about similar because he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't you know, Texas A&M wasn't in the hunt when he won it. Right. Uh, and Corral kind of plays like him, has similar stats, you know. But is Corral going to have that moment? I mean, beating Tennessee by five and Needland's not it. Yeah. They've already played Alabama and laid an egg really against them. Um, it would have to be, I hate to say it, is if Alabama slips up, loses another one, and Ole Miss makes the SEC championship game, and then he plays Georgia and 
and beats Georgia. They have I one think loss, that would be right? something. Yeah. Ole Miss so, just I mean, a man. They yeah. would have to have Bama lose to go. But I think he would need to play against somebody like a defense like Georgia and do well against them and possibly win that game, win the SEC. And then, of course, yeah. he'd lock it up. He still might win it because in these big, like Georgia, there's nobody. That's going to be it, you know. And then Oklahoma doesn't have anybody. Spencer Rattler is obviously not it. <laughs> C.J. So Stroud has an argument. He might be the guy. It might be one of the two of them. I don't know. It just depends on what way the voters want to go. So, well, I tell we'll you, Jordan see. Davis deserves to be there in New York, yeah, he whether does. he wins it or not. If Manti, Manti, Manti Teo was there, yeah, he does. Uh, Jordan Davis definitely does he because does. he makes a difference. He is. If you're looking at it from a a best player in the nation kind of standpoint, yep. not necessarily stats, not necessarily yep. touchdowns, not necessarily yards gained. If you look at it from that uh, perspective, I think Jordan Davis by far is one of the best in the nation, absolutely, and easily top five in my opinion. So. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Wheaton College Thunder at Carroll University Pioneers. Our game of the week last week. We got it right, Carl. We got it right. The Thunder rolled <laughs> and the lightning striked. Yes. And another love grew cold on a weary night. Is that like, is that from something? Are you, that's are you that's song something? lyrics? That's song lyrics. I oh, think I got oh, it right. Oh, oh, oh. Old Garth Brooks song. Yeah, well, so that's the, the, that's Wheaton the Thunder. Yeah, the Wheaton Thunder. Uh, they, they rolled 48-13. I don't like Garth Brooks. I'm sorry. I'm getting a death stare yeah. from Kelsey. I'm not life. a big fan of him either, but and, I, just, uh, I just had a good opportunity to throw some lyrics <laughs> there, so that's why I there said you go. That was, I'm not a big fan of there that. There you go. Uh, and the only reason Might I don't like him is because he's uh, he's stolen one too many entertainers of the year from Eric yeah. Church, so whatever. But, hey, good job by Wheaton. Good yeah, job. Good Game job. of the Wheat winners. Good job. Smoked him. All right, let's move on to this week's picks. Georgia, once again, is off. We're not going to pick our game. We're going to win this week because we uh, – Beat by. We're beaten by. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, Clemson at Pittsburgh, 330. Give me the Pitt Panthers, Court. All right, let's go. Give me the Pitt Panthers. Any reason why? Uh, because Clemson's pitiful, and, and they, Kenny Pickett has, a, has an argument to be up there with Matt Corral as the best quarterback in the nation wow. right now, slinging the football. First time Clemson's been to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's going to be cold. Another trip up north because they play in the ACC. They had to go to Syracuse last week. Going to Pittsburgh this week. Give me the Panthers <laughs> and the points. Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Could you imagine? I, I thought about this the other night. Could you imagine being a, a Clemson fan and having to travel to Syracuse no, you can't do it. and, and do Pittsburgh? Can't and, do it. Man, that, there's a lot of traveling on the yeah. East Coast. Um, I'm, I think we're blessed. Yeah, give me Kenny Pickett and the Panthers. I like it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Panthers too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I, I watched Clemson's performance against uh, Syracuse was not very impressed. You know, I thought they bounced back yeah. after a bye week and kind of regrouped. Yeah. And I think they looked a little bit better. But man. Uh, this Pittsburgh team seems pretty decent, so uh, I'm going to take Panthers as well. All right, LSU at Ole Miss, 3:30 CBS. Do we want to do the bump up a bump? You know, not a very enthusiastic, but because that's not a very enthusiastic 3:30 bump up a bump game. But old traditional rival. But old traditional rival. Um. Give me, give me the Rebels, Ole Miss. I mean, okay. they're going to be in Oxford. LSU is done. They've cashed it in. They can yeah. only beat Florida. That's the only team they can beat. Well, and it gets <laughs> interesting because does LSU rally together? Do they play for Coach O? Or are they – No, they're done. they're done. They're mm. done. They're done. Yeah. Book it. Uh, Ole Miss wants to win this one. Yeah. I, well, if they want to stay – the Rebels. If they want to stay in the hunt, yeah, Give me Ole the Miss. Rebels and the points. Yep. I'm going to take Ole Miss too. Lane yep. Kiffin, they're going to they're gonna, – Hopefully yep. they won't get attacked by golf balls. This week, yeah, that's so. right. All right, oh. Tennessee at Alabama the third week in the uh, third Saturday in October, yeah, whatever that rivalry's yeah. called. 
Oh, this is, you know, this is one of my favorite games to watch. It really is. I do is. enjoy it. I don't yeah. know why, but I love yeah. watching Tennessee-Alabama. Just tradition. Just a bunch just of tradition. Just the hillbillies and the rednecks, yeah, man. Yeah, and they, they, just, know, they hate each other. They hate each other. So um, well, They used to. I guess they still do. I know Tennessee. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go, obviously, Alabama. Uh, but I'm going to take Alabama by about four touchdowns. I think they're going to get absolutely boat, Tennessee's yeah, yeah, boat yeah, raced yeah, yeah, in this. Yeah, it's a, it's a 7 o'clock kickoff ESPN. Give me Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. There's no question about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, USC at Notre Dame, 730 NBC Dang. kickoff. Pillow fight. Pillow fight? Pillow fight. Not, not impressed with either one of the teams, but Notre Dame's going to win it. All right. I'm – for whatever reason. I, Are you I, going with the Trojans? I'm going to go with, with the, the Trojans. Coach? Why not? All right. Why not? All right, man. Yeah, I like it. All right, go with it. I don't go know why. I haven't even watched. Give it. I haven't even watched uh, USC this year, right. but whatever. Go, go, go in with the upset. Which leads us, last but not least, to the game of the week. Confirm. Alderson, Broadus University. Battle the battlers. battlers, not the, not a snake like the rat, like going into battle. The battlers. battle, they love yes. battle. Battlers, battlers, battlers. Yeah. I don't know. Battlers at West Virginia Wesleyan. West, I can't, I can't pronounce these. The West Virginia Wesleyan Bobcats. Wesleyan. Okay, yeah. Bobcats. I know I, nothing I, about I, these two teams. I, I think I'm going to go Adder, Alderson, okay. Broadus. And mm -hmm. you said that, that both of these schools were combined. That's where the name came from. Yeah. It wasn't like this was a famous guy. Right. Alderson Broadus isn't a real individual that we know of, right? Mm -hmm. So I think Alderson was. The, that was the last name. might have been, but and, they just came together. Right. And Alderson was a general, I believe, was a general in the Civil War um, way back when. All right. Give me the Battlers because I like their name. All right. Alderson Broadus. Broadus University Battlers. I'm also going to take uh, Alderson because it is a dry campus, so no alcohol may be consumed. Interesting. Sure, that's not going to be a rowdy environment then in no. Alderson Broadus. No. So. There you go. There it is. Game of the week. That was, that was a little there uneventful and but that's all that's we got. It. That's all we could come up that's with. It. So, all right. Last thing we want to mention before we uh, close it and sign off, yep. call-in show. Be ready for this, people. Yes, we sir. are going to uh, do a call-in show the week of the Florida game. It is either going to be the Thursday or Friday. Looking about the Friday, though, Friday night. Yes. Before the Georgia-Florida game. Before the big one. Before the big one. And let, it will be referenced on this podcast always as the Georgia-Florida game, not the Florida-Georgia game. That's right. Okay, don't get that confused, people. Absolutely. So, uh, be on the lookout for details about the call-in show. Give us a ring. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, we will we'll be post. live from Jacksonville. We won't be in here. We'll be we'll be on the beach. We'll be on the beach in a million yes. island, baby. So. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, Adam. All right. Let's give do us, it. Give me going a Going to the bye week. Yeah. We got to get focused on going into the bye week. Everybody knows Georgia, Florida. That's the big one. That's what we live for. That's the traditional one. We got two weeks to get ready for that one. So this week, rejuvenate. Drink some liquids. Get hydrated. It's family time. Family time. Yeah. Key. Family time. Absolutely. Everybody spend time with their loved ones. Go outside. Take some nature walks. Go hit some rounds on the golf course. Just relax a little bit sleep in a little bit watch a little um you know watch a little wheel of fortune and jeopardy with the family and whatnot because you're not gonna oh, be watching man. football and just yeah. just enjoy that time go pick a pumpkin or something and uh carson make some cookies out and whatnot kind of do that thing do the family deal and then get your mind right because we're going to jacksonville florida and there's nothing like nothing like there's been we've seen too many rough times in jacksonville florida there's nothing like beating the gators and i mean dominating the gators is nothing better number one ranked georgia against unranked florida get your minds right 
right. Get you a room down in Amelia and St. Simon's, Jackal Island, all those dog places where all these condominiums, all these dog folks got these condominiums for three or four days. Man, there's going to be some property to destroy that weekend. <laughs> Go dogs, baby. Go dogs. Ooh, 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 ooh.